Hello, it's time for another 10-minute sip, one of our STEM information podcasts. What our sips are intended to do is to take relevant current events and connect them to STEM. So you can see how STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, impact us on a daily basis. Well, what's in the news and on a lot of people's mind right now is politics. Now, don't worry, don't get uncomfortable. I'm not going to go um, get political on you, but I do want to put a positive spin, but also a relevant spin on how what we're experiencing and maybe even feeling, STEM is part of the solution. For one thing, as you all know, we just recently had Obama's farewell address. So we have our first black president that is leaving the office. And in about seven days, we'll have our newly elected president coming in. And there's a lot of people that are very concerned about the new president coming in, Donald Trump. Um, and, And with that concern, though, I'm going to put a different spin on it, is it should make us dig a little deeper, think a little harder, and take some actions. Now, one of the things is, again, like I said, I'm not going to get political Trump versus a Hillary. But what I will say is if you didn't like either candidate or if you're not happy with who won or who lost, then the question is, is in four more years, we have an opportunity to have new candidates run for office. And partly we need to be looking around and even looking within to find out where are the viable candidates that can help fix and change the world the way we want it fixed and changed, we as masses. I know a lot of people just felt like there just weren't good candidates to vote for, even leading up to the final two candidates. Well, look how many people are in the United States. Why should that be a problem? So we need to get back to Let's start preparing young people to take on leadership roles that understand all of the different issues and how they impact so many different people in different ways. Now, this is where my STEM tie-in. Whoever is running for a political office has to understand that a lot of the problems that we're facing tie back into science, technology, engineering, and math. I dare say a lot of those daily briefings, they're probably throwing a lot of technical and scientific and and as well as statistics at whoever the president is. So when we look at our young people and say, yes, you can grow up to be a president or you can grow up to be the next president, And even to our young ladies, you could be the first female president. Well, what are we doing to prepare them for that office so that they are a viable candidate? Well, it's not just how good you look or how well you wave, although sometimes it seems like the office is a popularity contest. We need to take it a lot more serious, and therefore we'll get a lot more serious candidates. So a candidate needs to be well-rounded. And so I want to throw out at you 
just imagine you're sitting in the Oval Office and you're getting your daily briefing. Here's some of the things that they're going to be talking about. And as you're listening to me go through this litany, think about how many of these touch science, technology, engineering, and math. Just so that you can understand the language that's being presented to you. Of course, you surround yourselves with professionals and, and gurus and experts in all of these different areas. But they're going to be throwing language at you. So this is why someone who wants to run for uh, a political office or whether it's run a city, a county, a state, you may, your aspirations may be to be a mayor, may, may, may just be to be a senator or house of representative, whatever that is. All of those who want to major in political science, again, it's a science and part of political science, you've got to understand all of the different things that impact a civilization. So I'm going to run you through the list. And this just may be a reminder that on a daily basis, our leaders have to take all of these things into consideration. So let me hit the big categories. We always know that economics is at the forefront. Jobs and keeping people employed and decent salaries. You've also got communications, making sure the infrastructure is always up and running. It's something that we, our society needs. Transportation. Now, when it comes to transportation, don't forget, you've got to think about what type of fuels that are being used. Do we have an ongoing renewable supply of those fuels? And then as those fuels are being burned and used and pushed back out into the environment, what is it doing to the environment. You've got the population, the population growth, more people coming in. And when we talk about populations, big issues like refugees and immigrants, we've got to think about our, the growth and the resources, education, even the human rights. Population leads us to talk about shelter. Do we have the resources? Do we have ways and the infrastructure to support them living in certain areas, whether it's good, clean drinking water, waste disposal? Those are things. We know homelessness is a big issue. And homelessness in and of itself isn't just about building shelters. It's also about those people who find themselves homeless usually is a series of other events, including mental illness and how we handle our population with mental illness. Food supply. When you have a big population and civilization, you always have to think about food supply. Who's going hungry? How do we get food to those who are living below the poverty line? And making sure they're getting healthy food because without healthy food, there's more illnesses. And then that means that we are having to address that when it comes to health and well-being of our population. Our natural resources, being able to produce those. And then even having a backup plan when there's severe weather, when there's emergencies, when there's natural catastrophes. Then you've got energy, okay? You have to think about the energy to keep the lights on. The, we are so dependent, of course, on electricity. Imagine the, the city 
and the number of people in the side of a city, what could the lack of resources do? We've seen a couple of the gas pipelines get severed. Sometimes it's because of weather or some type of disaster. And cities and states, what happens to those when they can't get their supply of gas or oil or coal? What's the backup plan? What other types of, at all times, we have to be looking at and innovating to find other sources when those aren't available. The other one is the environmental health. That goes into water safety, water supply, even our fish and the supply of our our fish. Oftentimes, when our water supply is compromised, we lose a large population of our fish, which is a source of food. Even overall, a loss of other species um, that that are now obsolete. The global climate changing, always trying to stay ahead of that. With the global climate, you have the ozone layer. You have glacier and ice. You've got carbon emission. And then there's also the whole area of disease control. How to prevent epidemics and how to react and plan for for epidemic with a large population and make sure that you can contain it and it not spread. And then I have one more category for you, natural resources. So those are things like topsoil, erosion, uh, biodiversity, even back to the depletion of natural resources. The earth is a living organism. And again, if we deplete too many of these resources, the earth, we, we in some ways can't even predict how it's going to react. But we have seen the devastation when there is a long spans of drought, okay, or depletion of natural resources where the soil becomes unusable. Now, I'm just giving you the surface level. A lot of people are probably even listening to this and saying, I'm exhausted. Let that be someone else's problems. Doesn't someone else go to school and study these things and figure it out and make the decisions? Well, that's dangerous as a citizen that we turn all of that power over to someone else. And that takes me back to where we are in current events. It's not enough just to sit on social media and complain and point the fingers and say what other people are doing or to critique. Some people use that as entertainment. And trust, someone's making money off of just stirring up people's frustration. But the last thing I want to leave you with is it's about action, too. We just can't have what we refer to as click activism, which you're just clicking on your computer and thinking that voicing your opinion is making a difference. Because if you'll look, even on social media, people jump from topic to topic to topic. Whatever's trending in the last 30 minutes, the next they'll find something else to heckle. And that's exactly what it's like. It's like people sitting in the audience as citizens and just heckling what everybody else is doing and saying or jumping on the bandwagon. Stop. Just take a minute, especially as we're on the eve of celebrating Martin Luther King's legacy. He was an educated man and a man of action. Together, 
That's the definition of real activism. Being informed and doing something about it. I'll leave that thought with you and look forward to you joining us for our next sip.